Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. So down on Durant, and I think the fans are too. He signed a four-year, $193 million contract last year. Contract should be binding. There was no, there wasn't any trade issues in there. He also said after they got swept by the Nets, by the Celtics, Nash should come back. And he liked Nash. So from that standpoint, now he doesn't like him. I'm so sick of listening to Durant. He left the Oklahoma City when he couldn't beat Golden State. Then he left Curry to hitch his wagon to Kyrie Irving, which made no sense at all. And now the first sign of trouble, he wants out again. Oh, come on. On, please. Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Uh, he's the best. Who else would that be, right? He's so good. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Right, listen, I think a lot of people in that area, right, that New York area, looking at this Durant thing like you're now here, here and in Boston and Philly and Toronto and Miami, you're hoping you get him. So the angles are, how, what, what's it going to take to get him? Okay. But there, they're like, what an idiot this guy sure. is. Like, what an absolute idiot. I can't believe that I'm tired of this guy. I'm sitting, they know he's leaving. He doesn't want to. So, if, like, if it was here, if we had a player that didn't want to be here. And we've had them. Yes. We've dealt with this. Yes, we have. You know, and you... you Looking at you, Eric Bledsoe, in your hair salon. Totally ripped these players. Uh-huh. Trevor Ariza, Eric Bledsoe. Like, every time we've had players that didn't want to be here, you take them to the woodshed. But it's a little bit different here because the Suns, you want Durant. Like, hey, we haven't won a championship here. We want Durant. But in New York, oh. it's like they know the guy doesn't want to be there. They're tearing him to pieces over there. I don't even think it's just New York. And we, we t- actually touched on this a little bit yesterday. We didn't have this mad dog sound here. But we even talked about this a little bit yesterday. Like, hey, if we if we didn't have a horse in this race, like if he didn't want to come to Phoenix, chances are we'd be ripping Kevin Durant too. Sure. Right? Like if we were neutral, if we he didn't want we to come to Switzerland, Phoenix, we were, exactly. He's he's not coming here, so we don't have to worry about trying to get him here. If we were just a Switzerland like observer in all of this, chances are we'd be ripping Kevin Durant too. Like, come on, dude, seriously? You want out? You we just, wouldn't have the same if if we if, wouldn't be as passionate. It wouldn't, be, like, it wouldn't be something, but here, like, there is a chance Kevin Durant could end up with the Suns. There's and, a chance. And so because of that, we're real, we're willing to tolerate the boorish behavior out of Kevin Durant because there's a chance we could benefit and from it. And this fan base wants a championship so bad. So They're bad. starving. They're starving. They're starving for a championship. And, and a championship for the Suns would very likely mean more to every sports fan that were born and raised here than any other team. Like you. Uh, and Vince, you know, and, and well, Vince has been here most of his life. And Vince Barada would mean more. So that, you know, from our angle, it's okay. What do the Suns have to do to get him? But I'm telling you, over there, they're like, I'm sick and tired of this guy. I am so sick and tired of him. Yeah, and, and believe me, the way he's gone about this, I mean, I knew this was what he had to do. We all knew this was what he had to do, but it is distasteful. And it is one of those things where, okay, man, this better result in a championship for the Suns if he even comes here. Because, yeah, it's it's getting messy. Here's one more from Mad Dog this morning on First Take. He has signed a $193 million four-year guaranteed contract. You can't sit there. He wanted Atkinson gone. If now they want Nash out, why, why did they fire Atkinson, the two of them? That, of course, is Irving. And, because they went to Morks, get Atkinson out of here. I don't want to play for him. So right out of the gate, now they get a second coach. They already got one coach. Now we give him a second coach. Listen, Jay, I know he's great. I know once the season starts, we'll enjoy watching him play. He's a wonderful player. Mr. Canty, you too. But as far Chris as his... isn't in this block, guys. Oh, he's not. I'm sorry. Just yeah, Jay not. Uh, as far as his just behavior with this contract and what he has done, it's a complete disgrace. And I'm telling you right now, that I talk to those Net fans. You live here. You know that. They're fed up with him. You know, we know how great he is. All right. You know how great he is. But we're fed up.
Yeah, listen, he's 100% it's right. And that's the it's angle you take if you're there. That's an yep. angle you take. Yep. You know, for here, and it's like a lot of it is like, okay, we know the guy is, you know, is a, is a headache. We know what, you know, we know the problems he brings. But what else does he bring? A greatness that nobody else in this, that very few people in this league have. A greatness that, when uh, paired with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, would be damn near impossible. To he stop. is a high maintenance player. Yes, he is. He is a. Look, but and listen. But the feeling is like these guys don't grow on trees, and you, you know you'll deal with the head eggs because of the greatness he brings. It's a deal with the devil. It is. It is a deal. In with some the, ways, it, it is, is. It is a deal with the devil. In some ways, it is. And and it could it could tear apart the very fabric of what makes the Phoenix Suns kind of cool. It could. I, it, and I I admit that the way things have gone down, and certainly the the reaction to Kevin Durant and how he went about it, man, it has been almost universal. Like, dude, what are you doing? Seriously, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna act like this to get out of town? This is what you're gonna do? And here in Phoenix, we're all kind of like, yeah, man, it's disgraceful. But boy, it sure would be nice if he came here, wouldn't yeah. it? And, and that's it's just the it's the deal with the devil you make now. Look the other way. Our own Dan Bickley wrote a I th- terrific column today on ArizonaSports.com. Yeah, we're at free baby, free ArizonaSports.com, in which he said, "Man, if he wants to come here, if he truly wants to come here, he's got to take it even further. He's got." I I, I thought this weekend was DefCon one for Kevin Durant. Bickley's suggesting there's like another level, like DefCon zero, that he can go to. He writes this. Um, by my calculations, there's only one way Durant lands in Phoenix. There must be a second act of petulance, even worse than the first. He must eliminate all other suitors, Miami, Boston, Toronto, with his bad attitude and essentially force the Nets to take a suboptimal deal from the Suns. And that only happens if he doubles down on his jerkish behavior by holding out a training camp for a while, by finally showing up and causing a scene, picking fights with teammates, calling out his coaching staff, just like Jimmy Butler famously did in Minnesota. Wow. Bickley suggesting that in order to... So that's, that's so you, you already got it at DEFCON 1. I know. this is De- That's DEFCON 0. That's like... Is there a DEFCON 0? No, there isn't. There's only DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1 is... So what's World worse War- than DEFCON 1? There, there isn't anything. I didn't realize it could get any worse. And you thought that we were I, at DEFCON 1. I thought we were one. at DEFCON 1. Bickley wants, you wants I, to go further. I thought by giving the ultimatum about the coach and the general manager or me, that that was about as desperate as you could get. I didn't, I was, didn't even occur to me that might be Another, but then I forgot about Jimmy Butler. How much more of a jerk can you be? Jim, what can well, you, look, Jimmy Butler, he's right. Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, he made that a mess. He made that. And then Bickley goes. Telling mama jokes <laughs> about the other players. I don't know. Bickley even took it to another level. And I hadn't thought of this at all. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this was like the best part of the column because this that got me thinking about it in a brand new way. He writes, Mikel, Cam, Jay, and even DeAndre Ayton must be wondering about their fate. This is the best part of the column. It will be even stranger for them if they believe Booker and Paul are eagerly awaiting Durant's arrival and are no longer invested in them. If Mikel, Cam, Jay, and Aiton believe that this is what Book wants and this is what Chris Paul wants, and behind the scenes they're pushing for it, is this team's chemistry, their specialness, for lack of a better word, does it erode it could. because the other guys think that, hey, man, you, you, you wanted Durant. You didn't want me. You wanted to use me to get Durant. Could it? It could. I I I have to admit it could, because if you're a player and you're like, hey, the two leaders of this team, they don't, they really don't want me. They think they're better off without me. They think they'd rather go get somebody else and move move on from me. 
you know, it becomes a problem. I mean, I, I, I've talked about this several times about how Steve Nash basically pulled the trigger on the Sean Marion for Shaquille O'Neal trade, you know, because Steve Kerr did not want to make the trade and Mike D'Antoni did want to make the trade. And so you had a butting of the heads between the coach and the GM. And so they went to Nash and they didn't do rock, paper, scissors. They went to Nash and they said, what do you think? And he said, trade him, trade him. Let's get Shaq. And they traded him for Shaq because Nash okayed it. Um, yeah, there could be a problem there if those guys, you know, we saw a Jay Crowder tweet. We don't know exactly what it was about. Yeah. But, you know, it, you know, he doesn't have a contract for next year or after this season. He doesn't have a contract. He could be thinking about his future. I think James Jones has done a good job protecting the players from having their names out there. But this is another way to look at it. I really like this. What about Booker and Paul? What about Booker and Paul? If you're if, if you've heard through the grapevine that they're pushing for Durant and you know they they'd rather you be gone it, it might be it might be hard to come to work and work with those it guys might be. we've got the Burns and Gambo show podcast you can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android you'll never miss any of the shows the Burns and Gambo show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley get more money selling your home go to carolhasthebuyers.com that's carolhasthebuyers.com so it wasn't an exciting off season yet for the Suns how is that going to affect the season itself when it starts? We'll talk about it coming up. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Welcome back to the show. We're live from the Auction Community Studios. John Gambadero, Dave Burns here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. A couple of times this offseason, we've we've had some stories cross our desk, and it's the, the, like grading the Suns' offseason. Uh, one of them was our, our buddy Kevin Pelton, who gave him a C plus, and we would talk about what our grades were. You gave him an A, I gave him a B. Yeah. There was another one earlier than that. You, you know, Again, same thing. You gave him an A, I gave him a B. It, it's, it's hard to judge the Suns' offseason because it just feels like it's something Somewhat incomplete. While we're all waiting for Kevin Durant, we're not really sure what the final version of this offseason is going to look like for this team because yeah. we just don't know how it's going to turn well, out. Because right? they could trade for him, and even if they don't trade for him, they still have this non-taxpayer exception that's worth like six and a half million dollars that could get you a pretty good player. Yeah, like that should be able to get you a pretty good player. And they still have tradable assets if they wanted to use a Jay, a, a Landry Shamit, even a Dario's expiring contract yep. to get something else of it. There's still with all their draft picks means for them to improve. Improve the roster if they feel like they're not going to get Kevin Durant or if he gets traded somewhere else. So it does feel like the offseason, like it is just a very incomplete kind of notion right now. We're not sure what the final version of this team is going to look like. That being said, somebody else took a stab at it, and this is over at The Athletic, and I was wondering where they were going to have the Suns on this. They've been unveiling it like the bottom third of the team, the league, the middle third of the league, and then the best of the league. Which teams had the best off seasons. They ranked the Suns 17th. Today they unveiled like 11 through 20 and mm-hmm. the Suns came in at number 17 for the off season that they had. Well, this, it was basically status quo. I think it was the same thing I saw in New Orleans. Like they, New Orleans didn't really do anything. They drafted a couple of kids and um, they read. They read. They got Zion done. What did the Suns do? They lost Javale McGee, but they do get Dario back. So yep. I think it's a little bit of a wash. In some ways, they're going to be better. In some ways, they won't be. Like what? What? Like that's just totally different players. Javale gives you a shot blocking, rebounding presence that Dario doesn't. But Dario gives you shooting from three, floor spacing, passing. He gives you that. They're just two totally different players. They got DeAndre done. Yep, and saved about forty seven million. 
dollars on the DeAndre deal by having a team offer him a max contract for an offer sheet and then just matching it rather than giving him their own offer sheet, uh, not offer sheet, but just giving him a, a five year max. You know, the, the three players that they got, you know, those guys aren't going to help them win win at all come playoff time. Not come playoff time. I, I, I They're a little high on Damian Lee. Uh, I've read a few things where, where people are kind of, hey, he could be good, but probably just for the regular season. I, I doubt he's a guy who impacts things no. in the postseason. But, yeah, they kept Aiton. They kept Biombo. Of course, they gave Booker the super max. They got Dario Sarge coming back. They lose JaVale. They lose Frank Kaminsky. I mean, all, all these things we know, and 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 basically that's what they write about with the Suns, and yet, we've started to see, whether it's power rankings or projections for the upcoming season, despite this very incomplete feeling type of offseason for the Suns, they're still thought of, rightfully so, very highly in the NBA. Uh, what did they lose? What's the, what's the biggest piece that they lost? That they lost? A backup center? JaVale McKee. Did they have a replacement for him? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what's, you know, I mean, what's not to like? Like, they didn't, they didn't, like, they didn't have anything happen to them that would drop them. They stayed the same. They stayed the same. They did. I'm not disputing you. Um, I think the way the season ended, you know, I, I expected there to be a little more residual from that, which is probably a mistake on my part, because you look at everything the Suns have done for the last two years, and it's been almost picture perfect, except for game six and game seven against the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, right? so you're, you're, you're OK. You get a an A and a, on a big, gigantic project at school. Right. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other kids in your class get B's, C's and D's. OK. OK. They have room for improvement. You don't. Where are you going to go? Like, where are you going to go? Nowhere to go but down. You got 100 on the test. Yeah. What did the Suns get last year winning 64? They got 100. They got 100. They got 100 on their test. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can't, like, where are they going to go? But, you know, the kid in your class that got an 80, he's got some room for improvement. Like, he can, these other teams can make moves to make them better. Some could make moves to make them worse. But the Suns didn't lose anybody that would drop their grade. They're saying no, they didn't lose anybody. I, I, like they're not going to go from a 100 to a 90. They didn't lose anybody. I, I get that, but I, but not, I'm not talking anymore about the off season and judging the off season. I'm talking about projecting what the Suns are going to do next year now, right? And in projecting ahead to what the Suns are going to do next year, I thought the way last year ended was going to be held against them a little bit more. And it's in, not. in thinking about what next year was going to be, I thought that was going to be like, oh, you know what? With well, the Suns look great, but man, it looks so bad against the Dallas Mavericks. We don't think they're the second best team in the West, but NBA.com does. Says so they're the second best team in the Western Conference. ESPN, we talked yesterday. They, all their experts got together. Right. They picked the Phoenix Suns to have the best record in the NBA's Western but Conference. There's two differences, right? Everybody is going to pick the Suns to be the first or second team in the West and win a whole boatload of games. But then if you ask all those same people who's going to win the NBA championship, they're not going to pick the Phoenix Suns. None of them are picking. So there's two differences here. Yeah, and that's, and that's where this story... Okay, so yesterday we told you the story about what I just said a second ago. Western Conference predictions, Phoenix Suns lead the way with 56 wins. Wow, man, that's impressive. Everybody thinks the Suns are going to have the most wins in the Western Conference. That's given the way the season ended. Okay, we talked about that yesterday. Then today they followed it up with their picks for Western Conference champions and NBA champions. And even though the Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns finished third among all the teams in the West in terms of collecting the most points you know, to win the West, not one of their voters, not one, 
thought they would actually win the West. Because they don't trust them in the playoffs. Yep. Because a seven-game series against a good team is a hell of a lot different than playing 82 games in a regular season. The Warriors got first-place votes. Okay. The Clippers, the Mavericks, the Nuggets, Minnesota got first-place votes. The only two teams in the top seven that didn't get any first place votes were the Suns and the Memphis Grizzlies. So how can this you, is first place in the West? In the West, like yes. I'm like this is like, a Western Conference champions were going to the NBA Finals. The Minnesota Timberwolves. The got Minnesota Timberwolves got five percent of the votes. The Suns got none. In terms of the first place votes, Suns wow. got none. Somebody likes that big that the twin towers combination over there. I huh? guess here's here's okay. So today they talked about this on the NBA Today, and again, all of this came from ESPN. Tim Bontebs today says he doesn't see the Suns making it out of the West. Obviously, the Suns have a very good team. They have everybody back. The DeAndre Ayton situation, at least for now, has been resolved with him still on the roster. But we saw Chris Paul fade as that series went along, and as Brian Winters pointed out yesterday on the show, they won 64 games because they had the greatest clutch season of all time, and were really more of a 50 win team. So, with Chris Paul a year older, with Jay Crowder a year older, with a bit of a questionable depth to me across that roster, they had everybody basically healthy all last year. The Suns are going to be really good, but I don't like them to get out of the West. I just don't understand how a group of writers uh-huh. who cover the NBA and who do a good job of it, all uh-huh. right, can all collectively say, we think the Phoenix Suns will have the best record in the West. And I can't get one of them to pick the Suns to come out of the West? Because they remember how the season ended that, last and year. That, that's the last thing they remember is them getting punked by the Mavericks. And that's exactly where I'm going with all of this. Uh-huh. That memory of, man, they were so good. And then, God, Game 6 and Game 7 was just such a nightmare. Yeah. That lingering memory of how it ends. Yeah, it's got everyone thinking, at least at ESPN, Suns are going to be really good. But when it comes to the playoffs, I don't know if I trust them after what happened in well, Dallas. You've heard the, the, you've heard the phrase a million times. Oh, they're built for the regular season. But are they built for the playoffs? Yeah. A lot of people feel now that the Suns are built for the regular season. But when you get into the playoffs and the game gets the game changes and it gets more defensive and mm-hmm. teams can make adjustments that the Suns don't stack up, which is why the Kevin Durant thing becomes so important for Phoenix because everybody think that thinks now that's what would get them. Well, you put Kevin Durant on Phoenix, they're going to get a lot more votes on that oh, first place oh, thing. okay? Oh, because yeah. he's the guy that it could be a difference maker in playoff games. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of our shows ever. It's the Burns and Gambo Show podcast, and it's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home and go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Who is a member of the Cardinals that we should look forward to the most this season? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Burns and Gambo on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, just that I think early on, um, I didn't know if he could figure it out, you know, professionalism and work ethic and understanding his role and all those things. And then each year, he just got progressively better. And um, one of the hardest workers on our team now at practice and uh, always upbeat, always into it. I mean, knows his assignments. He's just really come a long way. Cliff Kingsbury with the very honest assessment, especially that first part of that soundbite about Eno Benjamin. Early in his career, I wasn't sure he was going to get it. 
Early in his career, I wasn't sure he was going to figure it out. I wasn't sure. And he wasn't a special teams guy either. Nope. So it made it that much harder because that he didn't play any special teams those years. Yep. And I think it's obvious because of his ties to ASU, because of how popular he was when he was a Sun Devil. Safe to say that if you're a local football fan, you're very much rooting for Eno Benjamin. You're rooting for Eno Benjamin to not only make this roster, but to make a difference in this roster. And you have to be, if you're a local football fan, someone excited by everything you've heard about Eno Benjamin since basically the calendar flipped to 2022 because it's been nothing but positive about Eno in the spring, during the OTAs, the mandatory mini camp, the, uh, the, the now training camp. Everything we're hearing about Eno is super positive, super on track. Like maybe this is the year he finally makes his mark on this football team. I, I thought he was the best ASU back that I had seen since like J.R. Redmond. Yeah. When J.R. Redmond was really dominant, you you know, I thought he was he, that he was that good, and I, I thought he was was going to be very good in the NFL too. Because we, you know, we saw him, and it, you know, there was others. We seen you know Ryan Terrain and Terry Battle, and there was a lot of good. DJ Foster was a good player, like Callen Bellage, and we've seen so many good running backs. But the guy that really I thought that Eno was the best I had seen since Jr. And he hasn't made his impact yet, but he's been good enough to hang around. Now it's time. Like this could be the year where. You know, you, you spell James Conner. It's better to have a one-two punch than to wear one guy out. It is better to have a one-two punch. And, you know, I, we've talked about Darrell Williams and everything he did for Kansas City last year. I haven't heard his name once in camp. No. I have not heard his name Neither once. You not one time has had anybody mentioned even it. mentioned him to me. You mentioned that during show prep, and I'm struggling. It's like, I'm sure at some point his name has come up, but there hasn't been a lot right. of conversation it's about It's a lot Darryl about Williams. raving about Eno Benjamin, but Darrell was Darryl was a guy that they, they liked. They signed. He had over 1,000 yards last year combined. But, man, I haven't heard nobody talking about him and a lot of people raving about Eno. So maybe Eno has a chance to be the number two running back. He says right now that his confidence is through the roof. I would say my, my confidence is through the roof. It's year three. I felt like a lot more has slowed down for me. Um, and just getting on the, the field to get those opportunities um, definitely builds that uh, confidence as well. And his own evaluation of how training camp has gone for him so performance far? Performance-wise, I would say it's been going uh, very well. Um, just locking in on assignments, the little things, the details, um, my alignment and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of been the main focus on um, this training camp is just um, getting those little details correct. And the thing about it is, we're not talking about some small role to be filled for the Cardinals by Eno Benjamin. Now, number two running backs big role. Chase Edmonds is gone. All right. yeah. This is a big deal. This is a big deal job. This yeah. is an important role because, I mean, even last year, and Cliff has said this in the past, that James Conner was at his best when James Conner had Chase Edmonds back there with him. No too, question. Or was sharing reps with, James, with, with yep. Chase Edmonds. And so the, the, the idea of the number two running back being kind of a throwaway position for the Cardinals, uh-uh. So James Edmonds, uh, Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds, last year had 116 rushing attempts. Okay? He also had 43 receptions. So he had 159 touches of the football. Spread that out over 17 games, divide it, see what it comes out to. I mean, he had plenty of, plenty of opportunities to be a factor in the offense as the number two guy. If Eno can get that spot and be the number two guy and get similar amount of carries, you know, you are, you're talking about, about 10 carries a game. 
about 10 carries a game. He had 100 and, let's see, 160, no, be 160. What's 116 divide? Now, he only played in 12 games because of the injury. So, yeah, I guess it's about 10 carries a game. So the backup running back, you know, could get 8 to 10 carries a game and a few balls thrown to him if he catches the ball out of the backfield. You could make a major impact that way. Yeah, he could, absolutely. Um, he also spoke yesterday about the things he learned in terms of the NFL and how much harder that it is than his time at ASU. Was it harder? Uh, not necessarily. I would say just more so it's mental. The mental part is probably the biggest difference um, um, other than um, some physicalities, but uh, just the mental, just um, being able to keep this persona, um, just being able to stay focused so long. um, Because college, it was more so you've got three, four hours in the building in your class and don't see nobody to the um, the next day. So here it's more of an everyday thing. They're seeing you in your face and stuff like that. So I would say it's the the mental of it. I just looked up Chase Edmonds' game log from a year ago. Yeah. He had double-digit rushing attempts in one, two, three, four, five, six games total for the Cardinals. He had eight in another one as well. Now, a couple of those came at the end of the season when James Conner was hurt. But, again, we're talking about even before James Conner got hurt, when both of them were playing, he had 12 carries against Tennessee. He had 11 carries against Jacksonville. He had 12 against the Rams. He had 15. You even want to go to just, like, touches. I mean, he, he had a bunch. I mean, obviously, a ton when you combine the catches as well. So this is not... Not a minor role that we're looking at for Eno Benjamin no, if see, he's able to fill it. But you see the difference in a guy being drafted in the seventh round compared to a guy drafted in the first round? Like, you know, Benjamin was drafted in 2020. He's had 2020 to grow, 2021 to grow, and then here we are three years later. But yet with Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, it's like, I want it now, I want it now, I want it now. You're a first-round pick. you got to play well now. Eno Benjamin has had the time to grow into a role without the pressure. And now if he ends up being a number two running back, well, the patience paid off. Yeah. We don't have patience for first rounders. We don't have those. We, nobody has the same. Oh, it's such a big year. You got to see if your 50 year options going to get picked up. Oh, what a big year this is for Zayvon Collins. Oh, my God. Zayvon Collins. This is a huge year for Zayvon. It's only his second year. You know, Benjamin's second year. He played in nine games. He had 34 attempts. But yet here he is right now. Everybody's raving about him and how great he's been. He's got a chance to be the number two guy. He was a seventh round pick. You got time to grow. You have There's patience with a seventh round pick. There's no patience with a first round well, pick. Well, no, but oh, you can also cut a seventh round pick after year one and not feel like you've made a mistake. The right? financial burden? Yeah. You, well, you can just just say, oh, you know what? We missed on the kid in the seventh round. No biggie. He's just a seventh rounder. I, I, seventh I, rounders get cut all the time. You're right, too. but I'm saying the benefit to him. Sure, is if you is, can, if you can find a way to hang around and not get cut, you are going to have the expectations are far far lower. But that's the gig, right? You're a first round pick. Hey, sorry, dude. Expectations yeah. right out of the you shoot. You have to play well. That's when? the deal. Now, yeah. No, kind of. Do I get a cup? No, now. No, like right now. now, you have to play well. Seventh round pick. Yeah, give him a chance. You know, he's not going to play this year. Maybe. You know, you hang around. You 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 win over enough coaches, you kind of give them some hope that you're going to be good, and then eventually after three years, now we know Benjamin may get his opportunity. Yeah, now obviously Jonathan Ward is a guy you're competing with, Keontae Ingram is a guy you're competing with if you're, you know, Benjamin, and of course Daryl Williams is, we thought, the main guy he was competing with. Yeah. Darrell Williams was a thousand yard rusher in the NFL last year. It feels like... No, no, like he had a thousand yards combined. Combined, thank you. He didn't thank have you. a thousand no, you're yards right, rushing. You're right, thank you. Thank you for the correction. Thousand yards combined, you would think that by default makes you the guy. You're right. There hasn't been a lot of talk about Darrell Williams. No. There hasn't been a lot of conversation about him. No. You know? He, yeah. I mean, he did so well for the Chiefs last year, and then he went out there, and nobody wanted to sign him. 
And the Cardinals, about a month before they signed him, they had interest in him. He came for a visit, but he wanted more money. When nobody was willing to pay him that money, he just he took the, the deal from, from the Cardinals. And they, they signed him. And Listen, he was a really talented back last year when you brought him like, okay, this is great. If you know with Chase Edmonds gone, it's great to have a proven back at number two. But we'll see. I mean, it is it's camp. We just it's hard to judge it right now. If you'd like today, I would think that Eno's got got the edge. Yeah. Because we haven't heard anything about Darrell Williams, but there's still like three more weeks for this to play itself out. And we just got done talking about how the preseason, you know, it doesn't really matter that much anymore. Most of it seems like it's set. It matters to Eno Benjamin. Yeah. If if he's yes. if he gets you know, 15 carries on Friday night, 10 carries, whatever it is, and he makes the absolute most out of them. I guarantee you on Monday when we're here talking about the Bengals game, we're going to be talking about Eno Benjamin and what he did with those 10 carries, what he did with those 15 carries, and whether that was good enough to move him ahead of Daryl Williams in our eye. It matters to guys like him. The preseason very much matters to guys like him. Yeah, and there's always a few players that it does. Not everybody. Most, yeah. like, most guys don't, but there are always a few players, and Eno's definitely one. If you know a high school student with great character. We want to hear about them. We want to hear about how they make an impact on our community. So here's what you do. You text the word character to 62620. Share their story with us. And what's in it for them? A $10,000 scholarship from Parker and Sons and Arizona Sports. Again, text the word character to 62620. Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime were swiftly given contract extensions following the end of last season. What about the duo that helped lift the Lombardi Trophy in Los Angeles? Well, half of that's been taken care of. We'll take a look around the NFC West and the NFL next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All right, lots of NFL stuff out there on this Wednesday. We're going to try to get to as much of it as we can because as we get closer and closer to opening day in the league, obviously we're going to be real interested in what's going on with the Rams and the 49ers and the Seahawks, etc., etc. We're going to start with the Rams. Um, shortly after the season ended, the Arizona Cardinals extended Steve Keim, extended Cliff Kingsbury with those new five-year contract extensions. Uh, the Rams, the team that eliminated the Cardinals in the postseason have yet to do it. Now, word leaked that McVeigh got his. Right. Not the GM, though. And not Les Snead yet. And McVeigh yesterday said, yeah, I got my new contract extension, but... Les and I have always been a pair. Um, we wanted to be able to kind of announce that when both of us gotten done. Um, mine is done. Um, you know, Les is in the process of that, but I think in respect to wanting to show the partnership for us, I said, you know, you guys will know when we both get done um, and that was kind of how I had addressed it but you know since it comes up again it is something that we've been taking care of but it is very important for Les and I to kind of have that represented as we're a partnership in a pair. Yeah, he's been there for 10 years. I mean, obviously, they hired McVeigh at the time. He was the youngest coach. And, you know, you look at Snead. I mean, he's done some bad things like, you know, moving up to get Jared Goff. He's done some good things like, you know, training for Matthew Stafford and getting Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. But they, the two of them seem to be kind of joined at the hip, kind of like the way that, that, that Cliff and Steve are here in Arizona. Are Cliff and Steve? I think so. They both got their deals done. This, they both, they got, both their got their deals done, deals done at the done. same time. But, but yeah. can we... I, I don't know if I would define them as... They are the joined now. at the hip. They are now. Mm-hmm. But if for whatever reason they had to make a move off of Cliff and okay. onto a different coach, I don't know if both would be gone under those circumstances. But they could. I mean, they could. I mean, they could. Because it, it does, you know... 
it does it would hypothetically beg the question, hey, how many more coaches is this particular general manager going to be allowed to hire, right? Because he's he's gone through a few if it ever gets to that point with Cliff. I, I just I could foresee in my head, even though logically it would make sense that maybe they're joined at the hip, I could see in my head a situation where the coach is gone and the GM stays. I could see that happening here. I could easily see that happening here, even though it's debatable whether it should happen. Well, Steve had that great run with BA, a yes. lot of success, NFC championship game. Um, you know, the Wilkes thing was was a disaster. Uh, call it like it is. That was an absolute disaster. That flopped really good, and so did the Josh Rosen. You know, sometimes you got to take a chance when you need a quarterback desperately. They did. They took a chance. It didn't work out with Rosen, but they rebounded nicely with Murray. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the division, Geno Smith is going to start in <laughs> Seattle's preseason opener. According to the report I read today, he continues to lead the quarterback competition in Seattle. He's going to start the preseason opener on Saturday, and I guess Pete Carroll has been telling reporters that Geno Smith remain, remains in the lead for yeah. the full-time quarterback I, job. This is so funny. Just yesterday, or yesterday the day before, at one of my gym classes, the trainer is a big Seattle fan. Craig is a big Seattle fan. Oh, I can't believe it. We don't have a quarterback. You should be happy Geno Smith is your quarterback. You should want Geno Smith to be your quarterback. You want to get the top, you want to get one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft next year? You want Geno Smith behind center. You want Geno Smith on that wall. You want you him on need that wall. Geno Smith on that wall. You want Geno Smith. You don't want to go get, should we get, no, you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. Why? Because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win you seven games. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get the first quarterback, the second quarterback. Geno Smith, you're going to have, you're not going to win four games with Geno Smith. You're going to have one of the worst records in the NFL. You're going to have a shot to draft one of the top two quarterbacks in the league yeah. if you're Seattle. Yeah, you should. Seattle fans, everyone listening, you should be happy that Geno Smith is your quarterback right now. <laughs> I'm, am I wrong? No, you're not Am wrong. I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. You're you don't want to win games? You're not wrong Oh, Jimmy all. Garoppolo got cut. Should we get him? No. Why? Because he's going to win a few games. Yeah, no. You're you don't want to win football games. Okay, this one's curious to me. Outside of the division. Uh, the Browns announced today that Deshaun Watson is going to start Friday's preseason opener against the Jags. I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised wow. by that for a couple of reasons. I'm, su- I'm surprised by that because he's at least going to be suspended six games to start the season. I mean, this much we know, right? He's, he's not going to play the start of the season unless his lawsuit is able to somehow get him on the field. He didn't play last year. So he may just want to get him some reps. It's been a while. Just get him some reps and then what if he shut him down and then start him back up again? I don't know. It's just a weird dynamic there, right? You know, it's not. I, I think in case he gets suspend, suspended for an entire year and then it's two years and he hasn't played. and yeah, okay. They may just want to be like, look, we don't want to have you go that long without playing a football game. Maybe. I, look, it, it's, it just struck me as curious because right now, yeah, it, it's yeah. maybe that's what it is. Hey, we just want to get you some reps because you haven't played in a game in such a long time. Yeah. Let's just get you out there. There might be two tight ends that stay in and block yeah. and are running back on every single pass play. It just seems like the idea of preparing him for the season, you have no earthly idea what you're preparing him for. Not a clue. Six games, eight games, ten games, a whole... So what, 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 what is Deshaun Watson getting ready for? So I thought that was curious. Roger Goodell yesterday was very clear on why the NFL is appealing the Watson six-game suspension. We've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. Uh, she reinforced the evidence. Uh, 
that there was uh, multiple violations here and they were egregious and it was predatory behavior. That's, those are things that we felt, um, always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. Yeah. And I would also think, okay, who's, who, Jacoby Brissett is the backup there. Yeah. I would also think if you don't have Deshaun Watson for 8, 10, 12, 17 games, wouldn't you want to get Jacoby Brissett as many reps as you possibly could in the context of preseason, knowing that he might be the guy for you this year? Yeah. But I think you might want to just get him, just get a couple of series, get out there. You know, you don't want to go all these years. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, a player with an injury in baseball, a pitcher comes back and, you know, just throws, you know, few innings. Okay, now just to say, like, okay, I, I did it. Now uh, the offseason, I'll get ready. I I think that they you know, they could be a team that goes after a Garoppolo. Like, if you're not going to have the Browns, the Browns, because they still want to win football Absolutely. games. Like, I got a good roster. Like, I they got see a that. good roster. They yeah. should be, to me, if Garoppolo gets let go and you don't have Watson, go sign him for a year and let him be your quarterback. Yeah, now, it, not every quarterback, obviously. We, we Our poll question today is whether Kyler Murray is going to take a single snap in the preseason. You and I both say no, we don't think no. he is. There are quarterbacks who are, Trevor Lawrence and other Jag starters, they're going to play in Friday's preseason game against the Cleveland Browns team that I just mentioned. Now, that makes sense to me. He's a second-year guy. Quarterback with a new head coach. New head coach, second-year guy, is not established yet. Yeah, who's an offensive-minded head coach. There are some people around the league who, I'm not going to say watch out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're not saying watch out for the Jags. But there is a belief that they will be better. And that he will be better because that was just such a disaster last year under Urban Meyer. It, it was, and and that's why that comment by um, Allen, it Allen, it was the uh, oh, Josh, uh, Allen. Josh, Allen. Josh Allen, yeah, the right. comment by Allen about the grown because now you got Doug Peterson who's won a Super Bowl, is well respected. You got a grown up in the room now, got a grown up. Well, the grown up wants to have you guys play in the preseason, yeah. So you're going to play in the preseason, yeah. It makes it makes a little more sense when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on this Wednesday afternoon. Does Kevin Durant have a new favorite team that he wants to be traded to? And if he does, what kind of uh uh-oh level is this for the Phoenix Suns? You'll hear what we think next on the Burns and Gambo Show.